ghost of a Nelson Mandela coming to you from beyond the grave to bring you Nelson Mandela's ghostly podcast. Thanks. King, what fate awaits him? Very well. Where are Private Smedley and Al-Ghazawi? Dead. Oh no! They were killed almost as soon as the fighting began. Brave men both. Brave and true to the end. Steal yourself, Magpie. Their sacrifice shall not be in vain. Now, bring me the map. There. That's the seventh camp of the Donkey King's Imperial forces that we've taken. Not bad for two old men and a magpie. Not bad at all. Where do we attack next? Calm your bloodlust, magpie. You'll have a chance to fight, but for now, we should rest. Look, the enemy were cooking some soup over this fire. Ah. Soup, you say? By the looks of it, yes. What type of soup? Well, let's see. Oh, delicious. It appears to consist of root vegetables and what I assume is licorice. Licorice? Mmm, my favorite. Pour some into my bowl. Quickly, quickly, with haste. Very well, father. Thank you. Magpie? Yes? Would you like some licorice and root vegetable soup? Oh, yes, please. Pass me your bowl, then. Okay. Ah. Ah. Thank you. You know, Magpie, you look very handsome in your samurai armor. Thank you. Handsome and deadly. Oh, thank you, Mr. Gatler. It's remarkable that Captain Jobo had a set of samurai armor in your size. Oh, he had it specially made for me. He was often fond of dressing me up and... The less said about that, Magpie, the better. Ah, you know, on December 7th, 2018, the great Internet Meseni Prime Search, also known as GRMPS, discovered the largest known prime number, two to the power of 82,589,933 minus one, having 24,862,000 and 
and 48 digits. A computer volunteered by Patrick LaRoche from Ocala, Florida, made the discovery and the new prime number, also known as M8258993, is calculated by multiplying together 82,589,933 twos and then subtracting one. It is more than one and a half million digits larger than the previous record prime number. What is a prime number? Well, according to Wikipedia, a prime number, or a prime, is a natural number greater than one that is not a product of two smaller natural numbers. A natural number greater than one that is not prime is called a composite number. For example, five is prime because the only ways of writing it as a product, one times five or five times one, involve five itself. However, four is composite because it is a product, two times two, in which both numbers are smaller than four. Primes are central in number theory because of the fundamental theorem of arithmetic. Every natural number greater than one is either a prime itself or can be factorized as a product of primes that is unique up to their order. I don't understand. Are prime numbers magic numbers? Yes. Yes, they are. Oh, that's very impressive. Can you imagine how long it would take to count down from that number? Hmm, approximately 265 days. Assuming one were to count at a constant speed for 12 hours, then rest for 12 hours, then repeat. <laughs> what is it, Father? If you're going to do something, do it properly. What do you mean, Father? Such a task should be completed with a constant countdown, not with a break every 12 hours. Father, what man could endure counting down from 2 to the power of 82,589,933 minus 1 without food nor rest for 265 days? Who said anything about it being just one man? An entire team of people could take shifts. And that way, the countdown would be constant. I see. Although, a single man could easily complete the countdown by himself. How? He could be fed intravenously through a tube, have a catheter bag installed, and could be shocked with a taser when he started to doze off. Although, to keep him awake, he could be kept medicated on adrenaline. Father, such a fate would surely be worse than death. Perhaps, but think of the triumphant atmosphere in the crowds when the countdown reached ten. The audience would erupt in wild, thunderous chants of ten, nine, eight, and so on so forth. I think humanity would benefit from such a jubilant sacrifice. A potent metaphor for the barbarity of man. What was the magic number again? Two to the power of 82,589,933 minus one. 
I can't even fathom such a big number. Huh. What's the biggest number you do know? I don't actually know. One moment. One, two, three, four, well, five, perhaps you'd keep him busy six, for a while. Konnichiwa, listeners. It's a me, Nelson Mandela. Welcome to episode 25. <clears throat> what are you doing? Addressing my listeners. No. You were about to provide them with exposition, weren't you? Nonsense. I was merely saying hello. Don't forget that you promised the magpie that he could provide exposition moving forwards. I haven't forgotten, Father. However, I reserve the right to at least say hello to my listeners and explain where we are right now. Hmm. Very well. Thank you. <clears throat> Hello, listeners. It's a me, Nelson Mandela. As you may well have guessed, we're currently sat in an encampment which until too recently, was occupied by the forces of the Donkey King. I, of course, am joined by my father, Gadla Henry Mafakanizwe Mandela. And as always, I am joined by my faithful companion, the Magpie. <clears throat> I said, I am joined by my faithful companion, the Magpie. Oh, hello, listeners. Well, Magpie... Well, what? You know what to do. I expose myself? If you mean provide exposition to the listeners, then yes. Okay, then. So, in the last couple of episodes, Mr. Nelson and I conducted some interrogations on the survivors left after an attack on our secret resistance base. An attack which came so soon after the departure of the main bulk of our forces, led by Mr. Nelson's son, Thembi, that it could only have been orchestrated by a spy within our ranks. To clarify, the resistance was formed to, um, resist against the evil Donkey King, the tyrannical ruler of the ghostly afterlife. Now, the Donkey King technically isn't a donkey anymore, although he used to be, he had hooves and everything. That is, until Mr. Nelson and I inadvertently used the haunted whistle of sexy dreams to free him from his curse. The very curse which had been designed to prevent him from ever using the power of the haunted whistle. Which of course he did. We were captured, Mr. Nelson was put on trial by kangaroos and sentenced to a second death. However, having previously escaped from the prison, I returned with a group of resistance fighters to free Mr. Nelson from the hangman's noose. How am I doing? Very good. Keep going. Oh, thank you. Anyway, we returned to our secret resistance base and met Mr. Nelson's son, the very brave and handsome Mr. Thembi. Then, Mr. Nelson and I set off to find the Temple of the Ancient Ones in the hope of finding a relic 
incomparable in power to that of the haunted whistle of sexy dreams, the one we eventually confront the Donkey King. We barely escaped the temple with our afterlives, and then we returned to our secret resistance base to find there had been an ambush. But luckily, we also found Mr. Godless still alive, and three survivors. Now, to determine the identity of the spy in our midst, we set off to Bahir del Recto, otherwise known as Rectum Bay, to find my old friend, Captain Jobo, captain of the Lusty Magpie, a ship he named in my honor. Captain Jobo gave us permission to use his ship to conduct interrogations of the three survivors of our resistance movement to determine which, if any, were the spy. During the course of the interrogations, the spy revealed himself, in the sense that he made known to us that he was a spy, and pulled a gun on us, which he had kept hidden in a cavity within his body. Luckily, my good friend, the brave and strong Mr. Gadler, sprang from a nearby cupboard and shot the spy dead. After that, we sat around talking for a bit, and whilst looking for suitable disguises among Captain Jobo's extensive costume collection, Mr. Nelson decided upon us wearing samurai armour. Well, Mr. Nelson and I, as well as the late privates Smedley and Al-Ghazawi, are all wearing samurai armour. However, Mr. Godler is cleverly disguised as a travelling quintet of blind, homosexual Norwegian jugglers. And let me tell you why. Please, Father, let him finish, for God's sake. Thank you. Anyway, upon reaching the mainland, we began tracking a patrol of the Donkey King's forces and were able to ambush them, kill them dead, and whilst we were rooting through their bodies, we found a map detailing the whereabouts of several key enemy outposts. And so, we've been progressively working our way through them. Oh, and now we're eating soup. Beautifully done, Magpie. Oh, thank you. Nelson, compliment the Magpie. (sighs) Yes, Father. Very well done, Magpie. Thank you, Mr. Nelson. Father, why don't you sit down? It's notoriously difficult to eat soup while standing up. I think I'm managing quite well, thank you. Besides, there's nowhere to sit. Why don't you sit on that dead body? That's very disrespectful, Magpie. He may have been our enemy, but he deserves to rest in piss. Nonsense! Our buttocks are far better than this wretch deserves. Ah! My god, he's still alive. Not for long. Father, stay your blade. We're not about to execute a prisoner. You, how are you here? What do you mean? We captured you. He must be referring to one of the decoy Mr. Nelsons. You say you captured one of them? Where? I don't understand. You used decoys? I'm afraid so. Our gambit was to have decoys of myself lead attacks on various strategic targets in the Donkey King's domain in an effort to force the king to spread his forces thin. (laughs) It worked. 
Now tell us where you're holding our comrades. Never. I'll take the secret to my grave. Insolent wretch. Ow. That's enough, father. My friend, I would prefer for us to have a civil and peaceful conversation. The battle has been fought and won by us. Please, do me the courtesy of answering my questions, as one way or another, you will answer them. I'm dead anyway. Aren't we all? No, I mean I'm going to die again. Not necessarily. Magpie, hand me the shield. The shield? Yes, the shield. What shield? You know very well what shield. No, I don't. Oh, for heaven's sake. The shield of orbicular imponderability. Oh, that shield. Shield of orbicular imponderability. Please, shield this dying man from his mortal wounds. And heal him so that he may survive this day and redeem himself in the eyes of his fellow man. Perhaps executing him would have been more of a kindness. Quiet, both of you. Let the shield do its work. Uh, oh, my wounds. They're healed. Indeed they have. Now, please, tell us what you know. Fuck off, Mandela. I'm out of here. Oh! Huh. We'll see about that. Ah! Did you just hit me with a stick? Indeed I did, but not just any stick. You just got struck by the mystic stick of malicious intent. The mystic stick of malicious intent. That's ridiculous. Yes. Now answer my questions, or you'll get the business end. No! Please! Will you answer my questions? Yes. Excellent. Now, firstly, I'd like you to tell me your name. Lance Corporal Ginger Twinklefloof. Oh, a pleasure to meet you, Lance Corporal. My name is a Nelson Mandela. What's he doing? Quiet! Don't interrupt Mr. Nelson's jingle. Now, please tell me where and how my decoy was captured. Very well. It was two days ago.
My name is Nelson Mandela. It was the fifth time that week that Nelson Mandela had led an attack against one of the King's outposts. As the reports came in, we couldn't fathom how he was able to be in so many places at once, and with the slaughterhouse having fallen two days previous, I couldn't believe that Nelson Mandela himself was now there, attacking the Spice Depot. Sergeant Hoppy, take up the left flank! Yes, General! The rebels advanced on the central spice deposit, totally oblivious to the trap we had waiting for them. Then the charges! We're going to blow up all their precious spice! Sergeant, I... Hey, wait a minute! What's that smell? It's poison gas! Quickly, get your gas masks on! I... <coughs> it wasn't poison gas, but rather a gaseous incapacitating agent that rendered the rebels unconscious. Hello there, it's me, Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela's GhostlyPodcasters.com Nelson Mandela's GhostlyPodcasters.com Nelson such fun, and the dish ran away with the spoon. For the longest time, I mused on the deeper meaning of this well-known nursery rhyme, and after many countless nights pondering its hidden meaning, I had at least, at one point, resigned myself to the contention that it was little more than the nonsense ramblings of a madman. However, in death and the experiences I have endured thereafter, I found myself once more considering these words. The cat played a fiddle. Such a thing would indeed be remarkable and unexpected, a feat thought impossible, achieved by a being thought incapable. The cow jumped over the moon, perhaps a similar metaphor. The little dog loved to see such fun. The dog, I had assumed, was clearly off his face on marijuana. But now, I suspect 
that he is simply delighted in the accomplishments of an underdog, specifically the cat and the cow. And then there is the little matter of the dish running away with the spoon. Are the dish and spoon lovers? Did they run away together? Or are they fleeing the accomplishments of the cat and the cow, mocked by the drug-fueled laughter of the little dog? Why the dish and the spoon? Are these cast as so because dishes and spoons are objects, which, unlike sentient animals, capable of thinking and feeling, indeed dreaming, a dish and a spoon have a singular purpose and would have been confounded if confronted with such impressive animals. Not to mention the overwhelming nature of existential realization. Perhaps they are fleeing from their set destinies, a utensil and a receptacle, daring to dream to be more. Who knows, my friends? But what I do know is that were I to find myself cast into one of these roles, I would like to think of myself as the little dog, who, amidst the machinations of fate and circumstance, simply laugh to see such fun. Anyway, thank you for listening to Nelson Mandela's ghostly podcastings. Whoever you are, wherever you are, this is the ghost of a Nelson Mandela wishing you a beautiful day. I stood guard watching as the rebels led by the infamous Nelson Mandela, woke from their gas-induced slumber before he addressed them. Oh, do be quiet, Mr. Mandela. Have some decorum for the love of all things spice. Honestly, I can't make out a word you're saying. Are you begging for your life? No, I thought not. I doubt you fear a second death. But tell me, do you care for your friends? He raised his malformed hand to give the order. And he shaped his grotesque fingers in a childlike approximation of a gun, and then swiftly motioned toward the captured rebels. Oh yes, yes. You bastard. Oh, well done. You managed to get your gag off. Who are you? Oh, I'm just a man. A man who deals in spice. The Spice Baron! The same. Now, if you'll excuse me, Mr. Mandela, you've made quite the mess of my depot, and I need to take stock of what spice we've been able to salvage from your pitiful attempts at vandalism. And then, I'm going to have myself a hot bath. Naturally, you'll be held here until His Majesty the King tells us what he wants us to do with you. Sweet dreams, Mr. Mandela. The Spice Baron gestured towards me with his putrid hand, and I knocked him unconscious with the butt of my rifle. So... My son is being held at the Spice Depot. Well, he's either at the Spice Depot, or he may have been taken to the Citadel. I have a question. Go on. 
Mr. Twinklefoof, if you were at the Spice Depot, then why are you here now? Hmm. It's Twinkle Floof. Floof, I say. Oh, I do apologize. Huh. Well, anyway, I was redeployed here after we delivered the prisoner to the Spice Depot. No rest for the wicked, I suppose. I see. Hmm. What are you thinking, Mr. Nelson? I'm a thinking, but I'm not sure how I feel about someone other than myself using the medium of flashback to further the narrative. What have I told you about sharing Holy Letter? <sighs> Father? Don't father me, boy. Share. <sighs> Sorry. Please don't be angry, Mr. Nelson, but I've used the medium of flashback too. You what? When? Back in episode 15, when you were captured, before your trial, after you'd been tortured and had your eyes scooped out. Hmm, that's all right. Episode 15, if I recall correctly. Yes. I... <gasps> Wait a minute. Where's Lance Corporal Twinklefloof? He's running away. Damn it. We have to stop him. <laughs> Good shot, Mr. Gadler. Thank you, my feathered friend. But it was an easy shot. Everyone knows that when fleeing, you should run in a zigzag pattern to avoid speeding bullets. Lance Corporal Twinklefluff's poor training aside, that was nonetheless quick thinking, Father. Well done. Thank you. So, my son could either be at the Spice Depot or at the Citadel. How do we know which one? We split up. No, Father. We Quiet, Holy Clatler. The Spice Depot is two days from here, in the opposite direction of the Citadel. If we get there only to find that Thembi has been moved, then by the time we reach him, it may be too late. You're right. I'll travel light, and maybe, just maybe, I might catch up to them on the road. And what if Mr. Thembi is at the Spice Depot? If he's at the Spice Depot, you won't need me to help. Of course we will. Nonsense. You have that fancy stick and shield. If you can't get the job done with those, then what hope do we have for you to defeat the Donkey King? You're right. Of course I am. And don't worry, Father. I will save my son. And what if Mr. Thamby has been taken to the Citadel? Then time will be of the essence. I'll follow the King's Road back to the Citadel. If I don't see them on the road, then I'll know that he's either in the Spice Depot or at the Citadel. I'll infiltrate the Citadel, posing as a string quartet of penniless Slovakian musicians. Once there, I will determine if and where Thembi is being held. And if he is there, then I will save him. Very good, father. Then the Magpie and I will infiltrate the Spice Depot. Excellent! We should leave at once. Not yet. We need our strength, or we won't be saving anyone. We should finish our soup. You are right. Then let us finish our licorice and root vegetable soup. All of it. Yes, father. All of it. And then? And then we save my son. <laughs> <laughs>